Welcome to the Mike on Much podcast. I'm your host, Mike Veerman. I'm here with my friend and trusted producer, Max Kerman, as well as our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham. And on the dials is, in turn, Erica. Maxie, what's going on? We just came up with an episode uh, uh, yesterday with uh, the amazing Jesse Gaskell and Mike Sweeney, uh, mm-hmm. Conan O'Brien writers and fellow podcasters. Hope you guys enjoyed that interview and that weird Frankenstein of an episode we did. Yeah, I feel so much more at ease because I feel like there was so much tension building towards the re-record of that episode because we're like, we need to like nail this thing and live up to the legend in our mind of that episode. Yeah. <laughs> in retrospect, we, I think we cared way too much about that episode. But or, or do you think I just needed good or bad? I just needed to get it out, uh-huh. and even like if it was going to be horrible, which I had a feeling it, it may be, just to get it out of your mind that it might be good if sure. you recreate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but I feel like we're all much more relaxed this morning. Oh, big! Everybody's time. got a good night's sleep. Yeah. Well, like, I watched The Matrix last night, so yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. If, you listen, if you listen to the last episode, uh, I, I shirked my duties as uh, one of the hosts of the Pedestal Podcast, uh, our partner podcast. Obviously, check that out on the Pedestal uh, feed. Uh, and like we always say, every Friday, a new episode of season two will be coming out on the Mike on Much feed. Uh, so please check it out and rate it. Uh, we are doing Matrix. Like I said, we're going to record that later today for uh, for season three of the, the Pedestal. We just keep cranking these things out. It's true. Podcast how do you city. determine how many episodes in a season? We just do 10. Okay, 10. So 10 episodes. Yeah, well, no, no. And for the first two seasons, we released them in chunk form. So yeah. 10 came out season one, 10 came out season two. Now we're doing it weekly. So I don't think we'll break it up into seasons anymore. Cool. Nice. Yeah, man. Just keep expanding this, this pod hub. Yeah, it's good. It's an empire. Yeah, the ringer, we're coming for you. <laughs> but anyway, the reason why I'm wearing this is because uh, we, Mike and I were just at... Not this Mike. No, yeah, Mike D. from the band and I were just at an event at Michael Guerin Hospital, East Toronto Health Network. And there is um, a fellow named uh, Elder Little Brown Bear, and he has opened a sweat lodge um, as part of the hospital facilities. Uh, and my dad has actually done some work with him. But anyway, he heard about um, what we did with Jeremy Dutcher at the Junos and wanted to honor us. And uh, as part of this grander festivities in the morning. And we were, of course, like sort of blown away that he, he wanted to, you know, do something with us. We also felt a little like this is not we're not worthy, you know, of, of that, of any extra attention. Um, but he, he really was like, no, it's really important that you guys show up and you're part of this event. So, um, yeah, we so basically this uh, sweat lodge is a place for people in the hospital who are suffering from various kinds of trauma to uh, come in and help start their healing and uh, use sort of ancient methods or traditional methods uh, as part of their uh, their general health. Hmm. So um, yeah, it was it was really interesting. Cool. You know, it's, it's funny. Um, I only bring it up because it was it was a little outside of my typical wheelhouse in terms of events I go to, and it really made me realize like. Our life is just really fun in games. Do you know what I mean? Like even things that we're, we're we're serious about and then we get stressed out about, it's like it's all just fun in games. But when you go to an event like this and you understand like the good work that happens in the hospitals and, and like you know uh, the, the struggles of other groups and and you you it was a really nice moment to reflect on like just how privileged we are. Um, and yeah, there was a. Some city councilors there. the The head of the hospital was there. There was uh, a bunch of singing. Uh, there was a drum circle, and it was it was awesome. So anyway, we're uh, Mike and I were very. Um, Did they get you to sing at all? No, that's the other thing. It's just like just navigating it. I really mean this. Like the work, the the gesture from the Junos with Jeremy is a t- the tiniest fraction of the hard work that these people actually do and take on, and we get 
10 times the amount of attention that anybody mm-hmm. who actually works these jobs gets. Yeah, totally. So so I do – Mike and I truly felt kind of sheepish because we're like, no, no, we are just dancing monkeys. Like you guys actually work every day and you put your heart into – uh, you know, to improving the lives of others, and and when I say that, people will go, no, but music's important. Music helps people in in uh, in really important ways too. I'm like, no, I don't like compared to, you know, what a lot of these people get paid, and uh, you know how personal that work is, and how difficult it can be. Uh, yeah, it it really just reminded me of how how good and easy my life is compared to that stuff, and that's why you gotta honor it. And that's yeah, why we try to shine a light on on those kinds of people. You're wearing a necklace yeah. that it looks like they gave you. It's like a pouch. It's with... a pouch. It's like a medicine pouch. Oh, cool. Yeah, and they gave one to each one of the band members, and they gave us this awesome feather. Amazing. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, very informative morning. Indeed. Yeah. So I, it's okay that you're a little bit late. As my brother yeah. likes to say, you don't respect people's time. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, but today was a good a good reason to yeah. be a little late. Yeah, that's right. Um, and we're glad that you're here. And we, we're, so we're back to our regular sort of free, dumb, uh, conversational topics. Y- yeah. You sent yeah you sent some stuff through so let's hit a few things so do you want to do uh, this 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 Jeffrey Epstein conspiracy theory first or do you want to do Sarah Silverman. Uh, let's do Jeffrey Epstein first. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, big story in the news, obviously, uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, we talked slightly about him on this podcast, but he's sort of this notorious alleged uh, pedophile. He ran sex rings. Um, very, very wealthy New York billionaire, like hedge fund manager type guy. Uh, he was uh, charged with this stuff, and while awaiting his trial, he was in jail. Um, and within the last week, he committed suicide. They found him dead in the jail. Uh, so they say. So they say. Yeah. So the reason that the internet and Twitter have exploded about this is because, one, uh, he is so wealthy and well-connected that there are pictures of him with people like Trump. Bill Clinton's flown on his private jet like like over 20 times. Uh, he's basically got his, his tentacles sort of reach all of these really powerful people, the implication being that a lot of these sort of billionaires have partake, uh, partook in his sort of sexual escapades as well, and maybe they have done misdeeds or committed criminal acts with people underage. So the thinking goes is that he didn't commit suicide, or the conspiracy theory goes, but that he in fact was murdered in order to silence him as the trial was getting closer. Maybe he would release the names or whatever. I guess that's the, that's the theory, mm-hmm. and that's why Twitter sort of lost mind. Now, that being said... This almost does feel legit. You know how people are always like, ah, conspiracy theories, it's a stretch. It's like, mm-hmm. things are getting weird here. Like, uh-huh. like, like the Attorney General uh, Barr said that there were irregularities in protocol with the jailing, and, oh. and that jail in particular. One of the people on duty that night was not even uh, like a, an actual accredited uh, corrections officer. What? It's like getting very weird, man. Oh, crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah. The president of the United States, though, is insinuating Bill Clinton had him killed. <laughs> yeah. But it's like hashtag Clinton body count really stirring the pot. What do like, you What do you think, Shane? Do Do, do you believe, t- t- tend to believe in uh, conspiracy theories like this? I used to when back in the like loose change days. And I think everyone believed for like two days that uh, 9-11 was an inside job. <laughs> like literally everyone thought it for two days, I think. But stuff like this, I don't know. Uh, pedophiles have the worst time in prison. Mm. So it's like the worst thing you could be is a notorious pedophile. Yeah. And uh, I think the suicide rate's very high for people uh, on trial for that. Uh-huh. So I, I would think it's very likely he did kill himself. But yeah. I definitely think people were relieved 
when he did. Of course, yeah. Like those those who could be named? Of course, everyone. Somebody said uh, on Twitter, I don't remember who it was, but basically like another thing that doesn't add up is usually billionaires that have the money to fight these things in court are such narcissists and self-loving people that them committing suicide is actually very against type because it's like in order to get that way and, and accumulate that kind of money and you always think you're going to get out of it because uh, you can afford to fight it. I think to a point though. Right. Do you think he was like, he was like, I'm so fucked right now that it, there's no way this is going to get any better. So I don't know, man. Yeah, like I, I would think so. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, I mean, I guess that if if it comes out, I don't know. Like, I mean, if he didn't commit suicide, by the way, he d- attempted it like twenty days ago. Mm-hmm. He'd just been taken off suicide watch like the day or two before. So yeah. it's like the minute he gets off the watch, there's weird people it's the best in the time jail. to kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> He's just been sitting around yeah. waiting for that moment <laughs> when the cats are away. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it's the, the, a real. There was a. Do you follow Moist Buddha on Instagram? <laughs> I do. Yes. Yeah, it's very. funny. I don't. Well, Michael like Much does. Yeah. So his stuff pops up. Yeah, it's very funny, like comedy Instagram. Oh, account. I don't and know. There's a screenshot that somebody tweeted. It's like a tweet of uh, a screenshot of a tweet. I don't know IDK who this Epstein guy is, but a lot of people are tweeting about him. I guess he was a pretty important person, and he committed suicide, which just goes to show even when you're successful, you can still de- de- be depressed. And it's a really serious issue. More people should be aware of. R.I.P. Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, now question, that's a funny that, angle. Yeah, but, but do you think that's real? Do you think it's a real tweet? No. No. That's, a tro- that's trolling for you sure. You think that's a troll? Yeah. Oh, oh, he's retweeted someone that tweeted this. So yeah, this yeah. person could be sincere. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. That's got to be a joke. Be. It, it could be. be. I mean, there's a lot of dumb I saw a really. <laughs> I saw a funny tweet where it was like... Uh, Trump had said something stupid on Twitter, and then somebody was like, why is he doing this? And then people were like, hey, give Trump a break. His best friend just died. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, do you ever see those um, viral videos of, like, a kid uh, dribbling in the street, like, crossing a crosswalk, like a young, like, black kid dribbling a ball, doing, and then some, like, lady in heels will pretend to, like, guard him? Yes. And then he'll cross the lady over, and then she'll fall in the middle of the I've street. I've seen this exact video. Yeah, this, this just made the rounds the other day, but I was like, it, it looks too good to be... True. You like, feel like it's staged. I might be staged. What do you think? That one, uh, maybe it was, but it, uh, that one felt real to me for some reason. But then why would they be filming? Yeah, why are they filming? That's a good point. Well, the, you brought the drone thing. The drone thing. Oh, that's a great clip. There's a viral drone uh, video right now where uh, someone's got their camera up in a drone. It's over top of like a lake type thing. And they, they, the drone runs out of battery. So the guy has to jump into a lake and basically swim up to where the drone is falling so that like his expensive camera presumably doesn't fall in the lake. But you're getting the view from the drone. The drone is, is filming the whole fall and you see the guy run to the edge of the lake, swim up and literally catch the drone just before it hits the water. It's a very suspenseful thing. I actually became aware of it because Duncan Jones, the director, David Bowie's son, oh. uh, he he retweeted it and said, this is a fucking amazing shot, mate. He's like, Hitchcock would be proud or something like yeah, that. Yeah, because it's a one shot. You just see the guy in the background like... You know, running to the side of the water and getting. In Would there. you be impressed by that if it didn't have all the retweets and uh, pe- pe- other people of note saying it was a great? Thing. Would I you be so. impressed if I was just question. like, "Hey Max, look at this"? I would. I, no, it's pretty visually stunning. I thought. I, I think would you would too. be so bored with it. <laughs> really? Yeah. I like know. I don't know. I'm done with drones. <laughs> <laughs> I think the circumstances of it being out of battery and he was good, he, his camera would have been zapped. The card would have been done if he doesn't get there. Like we never see the footage if that camera goes into the water. Yeah. I think there's something to that for sure that makes it. But then you start weird. thinking like, "Oh, is this actually was that drone controlled?" And you know, maybe it was just going to zip up. Uh, you know, if it was. Was it them trying to go viral? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I think that's on the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's get to the idea of conspiracy theories anyway. Uh, 
why are people so prone to believe in them? You know, and and, and actually, this kind of gets me to a bigger thought because I put in the uh, the Champagne Boys group last night. I don't know if you guys saw this, but there's an old clip of Bill Hader on the Letterman show, oh, yeah. and he's I telling a story uh, about how he, when he was in Tropic Thunder, they do like a table read, and Tom Cruise comes in, and he ends up sitting beside Tom Cruise, and it's it's just this funny anecdote. But because of this deep fake facial technology where they can make anybody look like anybody, Jordan Peele did a famous video as Barack Obama. Um, did you oh, see that yeah, one? Yeah. yeah. To basically let people know, like, this technology is coming and you're not going to be able to believe your eyes in the near future, which uh-huh. is very dangerous for a whole myriad of reasons. Obviously, we're delegitimizing news with fake news, et cetera, et cetera. Now, if people can't believe their eyes, it's like it's going to reinforce people that might be prone to believe things, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, this clip of Bill Hader is great because he turns into Tom Cruise while he's doing the Tom Cruise part of the impression. Oh, wow. And then when he gets to the Seth Rogen part of the story, he turns into Seth Rogen as he's doing the voice. Uh. But it's really like kind of fucks with your mind you know it's like and i think it's really well done but i bring this up because it's like if you're prone to believe in conspiracy theories or anything like that it's like pretty soon there's going to be irrefutable i'm doing air quotes tape of mm. like events and people doing things that can't even be believed yeah like or proven to be fake exactly yeah yeah i i i tend to not really believe in conspiracy theories because i just figure like keeping a secret that big is yeah like the older really you get hard. the more unbelievable a conspiracy uh-huh. theory happens like if you have a best friend and you're like i shit in my pants last night do not tell anyone <laughs> the next day everyone's like hey shane heard you shit your pants so it's like and that's a very small secret yeah something big has to get out right yeah you, you're right but but then every once in a while like there is actually like a historical secret like that what? was kept for I don't know I can't think of anything off the top of my head exactly but, <laughs> well one of the most famous uh, conspiracy theories the moon landing was fake JFK, JFK shooting JFK shooting you know was... about this Erica yep. <laughs> yeah, you I do now thank you, you. thank you Mike <laughs> <laughs> the, what was that piece of grass called Grass it, was knoll. Knoll. it was a knoll. Oh, the knoll. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. How could I forget? Um, you know, there's some really famous ones, but that's you know we, we've had this conversation forever. The older you get, you just realize that the more people that need to keep the secret, the less likely it is. Like the 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 risk of getting caught in the lie is greater than sort of just living in the truth. And for really big conspiracies to take place, a lot of people need to know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you think like? when you're younger being woke is more attractive like you're trying like to go against the grain a little bit more and that's why it's more attractive to younger people perhaps that's a great point actually Erica, because there's a rebellious nature to not accepting the standard sort of version of events you like yeah. you're all fools you'll believe anything they tell you i'm doing air quotes and it's today. just fun yeah it's like so fun it's to like act a younger like there's thing. so yeah. much more to life that we're like missing out on like there's all these secrets there's aliens out there people know it yeah like yeah, a very cool idea. You get to feel superior too because everybody else is stupid. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. Like, you fools don't see it, man. Like the wool's being pulled over your eyes. I don't know. Anytime, if a kid comes up to you and starts saying that, you think something, this person's lacking intelligence. That's a, Conspiracy theories have a ne- very negative connotation to it. I don't know. Like you were saying, you were jacked about loose change. Like when you I, told people I, that, that. I that was, was, and people looked at me like I was a stupid, like crazy person. Did they? Yes, but not right. the other people. Who like any, in any, it. like people in my group, like like my twenty year old friends were all like indoctrinated in that. There was uh, Michael Moore to that famous doc, which basically said Fahrenheit this, 9/11, yeah. yeah, he said this is a conspiracy theory, and they had footage of George Bush like getting the news and then like not really reacting that quickly to it. So, yeah, I, I do think younger people will do it, but I don't think older people have any respect for people who believe in conspiracy theories. Do you? I don't know, but young people become old people and they stick to the. I don't yeah, know. I know like, that, but yeah. I'm saying, like, if if Erica came to you with a conspiracy theory, would you be like, 
wow, this is a cool theory that Eric has? Or would you be like, ah, she's a little young and immature? I would lean towards dismissing it, which is yeah. probably uh, like um, a function of we've seen a lot of shit in our lives and so much stuff ends up being not true or bullshit or like a good story that you just kind of like, oh, okay, is it even really that interesting? You know, There's also something really interesting about um, like Illuminati, high society kind of secrets. They're like, yes. what, like that top level, like totally. the richest and most powerful. You're like, what are we... Uh, yeah, it's like, what are they keeping Elite from secrets. us? Yeah. Well, it's well, like, we, I think uh, Tessa, Tessa's in the house. Tessa? Yo, yo. Oh, my God. This is interesting. We should, we should get her take on conspiracy. Let's get her in here. <laughs> okay, so what happened right now is uh, Olympic uh, uh, Gold medalist, medalist. Yeah, uh, Tessa Virtue is walking by the pod studio. This was not take planned. So Max is going to try to pull her in here, I think, <laughs> to, to, to quickly talk, talk on like, hey, what's up? How's it going? Give me a chair. Hi. I'm Shane Vernis. Nice to meet you. Mike. Mike, what's up? How's it going? Here, please have a seat for a quick second. Yeah, no. Are you sure? Oh, I don't know. We're Max actually had a question for you. Theories. We're doing this live, right? It's just offering coffee. <laughs> no, no, no. What, what? Okay, your thoughts on the Epstein did, uh, situation. <laughs> that starts pretty heavily. Did, did he commit suicide or was he taken out? <laughs> we can cut this out murder if you don't want to. Oh, yeah, yeah, murder. Well, taken out, right? Oh, I thought you meant like switched. Oh, switched oh. body double. Mandra Ash thinks yeah. that uh, he was, there's a body so double. So he's still house. alive. What are, the what are the hot takes? Mm, well, basically, we're talking about conspiracy theories in general. Like, do we believe them? Do we tend to lean towards them? And the thinking is that as you get older, the less you sort of tend to believe in conspiracy theories. Where do you fall on that spectrum? Are you like, I believe in conspiracy was theories? Was 9-11 an inside job, Tessa? <laughs> <laughs> These are the hard-hitting questions. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I would tend to like be not so into the conspiracy theories. When you were younger, though, did you believe no. in conspiracy theories? Never. No. So when you have you ever seen Loose Change? No. Oh, the YouTube doc about 9-11? No. Oh, you're probably scared. I'm like, this is why I'm probably not great for right. this conversation. I'll educate myself and I'll come back and then I'll have something to articulate. Okay. We should have sent you the topics ahead of time. <laughs> yeah. We didn't know you'd be walking by. Yeah, we'll get you on the text set. I really wanted to come and say hi to me. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing in the building right now? We are uh, doing some media for Rock the Rink. Oh, nice. Rock yeah. the Ring. Oh, plus when is that? <laughs> when, when is it? Yeah, plus it, start, it starts um, October 5th, and we make our way west to east in Canada. Exciting. When are you in Toronto? Because I think I might come with my wife and baby. Oh, let me know. We okay. would love to have you there. Yeah. Um, I think beginning of November, we're in Mississauga would be the closest date here. Very cool. Yeah. Excuse my ignorance, but what is Rock the Ring? It's a skating show. Uh, we're an entertainment show um, mm-hmm. with uh, an international cast, and we'll have some live music. And uh, Do you sing? <laughs> no, oh. I will, you just I play will guitar. Not well, put people through that. Yeah, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna play around. You know. Yeah. Actually, I think we're we have like dates back to back in some of the like in London or, or Kingston and St. Catharines maybe I'm too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Party on. Yeah. yeah, that'd be great. Can I snap a pic quick for a little guest appearance? Yeah. Oh wow, look at that. Intern Erica <laughs> is on it. Oh, we're gonna all get in this photo. Okay. Yeah. This is awesome. I'm so sorry, Tim. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, we just started rolling. Uh, we probably got another like 25 minutes. What else is on the on the docket? We got Sarah Silverman uh, and the movie. Oh, and yeah. a Shane surprise. Did you hear about the Sarah Silverman thing? Oh. <laughs> is it, you know, <laughs> I don't know what's happening in the, in the world. Explain the Sarah Silverman. Let's move. Actually, we're, we're going to switch topics. Right. Well, before we get actually go to the next topic, it was actually really funny. Greg and I were in a bar last night. just Shocking. Having, yeah, yeah, having a drink. Yeah. And some guy was wearing a Bill Clinton shirt. And it was just like. <laughs> I, it was just very strange to see because 
I feel like Bill Clinton is like one of the least popular people like right now. Yes, Especially yeah. like if you're in a like a downtown like look at this is a very funny photo too. That's hilarious. Yeah. And and like I was taking a photo and the guys uh in the booth over were like snickering and we were like, What is this guy doing? <laughs> what was on the front? It was another picture of Bill Clinton. Oh, thank you. It was just it was like literally the it same. It was a double photo. bill. Yeah, double yeah. bill. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, that joke is underappreciated. Thank you. Um, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll let you continue. It's, Thank you for I'm popping so by and saying hi. Thank you. I, I've, I've been hearing so much about you. And oh. Fans of the podcast. I'm a big fan of podcasts. Well, we want to have you on, like, legitimately, to, like, sit down and do an interview where we ask you. But, but we're not we're not going to have you on, uh, like, a car wash day when you have, like, 19 other days. We want interviews. a fresh. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. And, and we want to be able to stretch out, make it into like a two-hour special or something, you know? <laughs> but actually, we won't talk about you, though. We'll just have you on the... We'll send you the pod topics ahead of time, and then you have to develop some hot takes. All right. I'm into that. All right. Hot takes coming your way. <laughs> right. See you later. Oh, uh, yeah. Bye. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. It, w- it was funny because um, she goes, oh, I'm a really big fan of your podcast. Then looked at me, and knowing that I'm the guy to kind of ask annoying questions... And then she's like, I'm a big fan of podcasts. <laughs> she changed it. She knew I was going to ask her something about our podcast. <laughs> uh, podcast. Very intuitive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, that's hilarious. I, well, I bet you just through her like friendship with Max, she she is aware of our podcast. Oh, yeah. I've yeah. talked about our podcast plenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that was exciting. That was yeah. like a real thrill when you don't expect it. Yeah, well, she it. called like, just before we started rolling. I'm like, what's... And she never calls. So I was like, what's up? And she's like, I'm in E1 right now. So come up. And then, and then surprise, guys. Yeah, she's very nice. Yeah, very, very nice. Erica, you're going to have to do a lot of mixing because she was off the mic. So you're going to have yeah, to boost I, I, it when she talks. I don't know talked. how much that we got, but I'll do my best. Okay. Yeah, make it work. That's why we pay you the we'll big bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huge bucks. Um, all right. So, okay. So conspiracy theories for the kids. Uh, yeah, for the kids. I don't know. Uh, Epstein. Uh, I guess what are we gonna do? Did he do it or was he murdered? Um, I I think he he just killed himself. Okay, I, I'm voting killed himself. What are you voting? I'll go. It's more likely that he killed himself. Yeah. But but I'm not dismissing this out of hand. If over the next week or two it comes out that in fact like some weird fucking shit went on, I won't be like my word. I'll be like, oh man, yeah, the elite really do have the ability to get people. And they murdered. do talk about how well connected he was. Well, if we're allowed to play yeah. that g- angle too, then I take that angle. Okay, Erica. Yeah, I think he probably killed himself. I probably mm. he probably spent a long time by himself the past couple months, freaking the fuck out. Yeah, and just realizing, yeah, there's no way, there's no way out. Yeah, and he would just implicate so many people. See, that's the great loss. It's like if there are these sort of like super elite wealthy creeps out there, like indulging in these sex rings. Wouldn't it have been great just for once to see these people like go down and be held accountable? Yeah. Like if he could have named names like yeah. legitimately and we could have, you know, sort of like lifted the this the secret veil on this kind of nefarious world. But it seems like that's all out the window now. Mm. So we'll see. A similar topic, BC murderers found you dead as well. You spotted them that I'm not sure if you remember this. I do. Okay. I, I saw that one guy on the street who I was sure was the BC murderer, but I guess it wasn't because they were still in Manitoba. But if, if it indeed, if you really thought it was the BC murderer, why would you get a selfie with him? <laughs> I didn't take a selfie. I took a picture of his face. Oh, okay. And I showed you guys and you told me all I was crazy, but. Right. Yeah. So do you think those guys are dead? They no, are. They're def- they were found dead. dead. And confirmed. the autopsy confirmed that they died by suicide. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. did dental record checks and everything. Like it couldn't have been like fake other people's bodies that maybe they murdered, who, like lookalikes. And put did you just say you don't like conspiracy theories? I'm just trying <laughs> to appeal to your younger sensibilities. <laughs> no, I was fascinated by this case, and it, it yeah, it's a similar thing. I just wish uh, there could have been a trial because now we'll never know a motive mm-hmm. or anything like that. It's too bad for the families. 
it's very sad for the families. Yeah. That's all the, the thing. It's like involved, even their families. All of these perpetrators, like whether it's Epstein or these these kids in BC, it's like they kind of like ruin these lives, and then they become infamous, and they become the only thing we talk mm-hmm. about because it's so fascinating that anyone would do this sort of thing. That we're like, what is? Why are they so damaged? What is so fucked up about them? How did they get to this point? But it's like the truth is, there's all these families that are completely devastated by their actions, and no one ever really ends up talking about the victims. Yeah, yeah, and it's too bad. But I guess that's just the nature of how we sort of uh, consume these things as a people and as a society. But mm-hmm. they're dead. Epstein's and dead. And it's not even like they get to live in infamy forever. It's like on to the next one. Their their moment in this uh, perceived sun lasts like two minutes nowadays. Totally. Like, I couldn't even tell you their names or anything. Nope. So it's n- it's certainly not worth it anymore if they're out for like the big news headline or anything. Every week something insane happens these mm-hmm. days in North America that is like literally, like the news cycle's gone nuts. And I used to really believe that it was like, well, we just have more access to information. Like Twitter is making it seem like more stuff is happening. Now I actually think that more crazy, insane, like sort of like societal and world world changing things are happening every Well, it's just because people have pocket cameras on them now. Some more stuff is being uh, captured and documented. Yeah. Hmm. You know, speaking of famous murderers, uh, Paul Bernardo, you know, he's, he's, he had a pretty good run, right? Like in, in public fame. Like, and like he has an infamy. Yeah. An infamy. If fame was the goal. He had a good run. Yeah. He was a very f- famous serial killer for what he did here, especially in Canada, right? Because we don't have a lot of sort of like notorious serial killers. If you're talking about the Ted Bundys of the world or the Charlie Mansons yeah. or like Not these as people. Not as the States. Sure. No, hell yeah. no. So Paul Bernardo and Carla Homolka, that was obviously a very, very big She's story. out, eh, by the way? Yeah. 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 She has kids of her own. And She's yeah. living in Quebec Montreal. Yeah. Yeah. That's she, nuts. She cut the deal with the prosecutor because she turned him in, right? Yeah. She flipped. Yeah, but it's like it's fucked. Like they both should be rotting for the rest of their lives. Oh, for sure. She was one, one sort of like conflicting thought I have is that occasionally, like maybe once a year, I know where you're going. With um, this. People <laughs> say that I look like Paul Bernardo, <laughs> oh, and really? on one hand, I'm like insulted because you never want to be compared to a, a serial killer unless he's I, handsome. <laughs> well, this is it. <laughs> but that's the thing. A lot of them are. A lot yeah. of like serial killers are like textbook very good looking. Or is it just that you think they look dangerous? Maybe a bit of both, Maybe but like there's both. an attractive quality to a lot of them. Yeah, so, so, so the vanity in me goes, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Sean has a Ted Bundy quality. Our friend, our friend Dawson, yeah, yeah he people oh, right. compare him to Ted Bundy. Yeah, yeah. lady killer. You do kind of <laughs> look like Paul Bernardo. What he is? Oh, she's looking up Paul Bernardo now. Yeah, oh. look at that photo. But yeah. Paul Moncrief looks more like him. Not to steal your thunder. Look at that. <laughs> but we have another That's friend. That's very Max-ish, man. That's Max-ish but, with blue eyes. What about Paul uh, Moncrief? I can see Moncrief. Yeah. Yep. But guys, we're not going to put up a side-by-side, though. No, why not? Right. We won't do that. <laughs> Have a little fun. Bernardo <laughs> doesn't need any more promotion. Yeah. We're not going to do it on our yeah, podcast. People, people know how to use Google. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, should we move on to Sarah Silverman as yeah. we get out of this... Uh, I don't know what, what we're in. Yeah. What would we call it? We're having a good time is what yeah. we're in. Yeah. Funny territory, I say. Uh, so, uh, another big story that happened this week is Sarah Silverman, the comedian and actor, uh, went on the Bill Simmons podcast uh, to do sort of a, a wide ranging interview. I haven't listened to the podcast, but I did read the pull quotes. I know you listened to it, Max, because you got, you were like a sycophant on uh, Twitter saying how lovely she is and adding her on Instagram. It was awesome. Yeah. Like the interview itself, again, yeah, it was very wide ranging. They talk about everything. She's so like authentic and real. Every time Bill said, something kind of like goofy or uh, maybe missed the point she'd be like eh, really like she, she just has such a have you heard her interview in other places? no I read the poll quotes but didn't yeah, but this I, is, I, I am a fan of Sarah Silverman I do think she's great and I follow her on Twitter and all that stuff but and, I haven't listened to the interview and like and you just get a sense of her humanity um, she talked a lot about how whenever she sort of encounters anybody who is sort of me, maybe mean spirited or 
going about things in the wrong way. She thinks about this guy who's a former uh, uh, skinhead, like a former white supremacist, who 30 years ago left his like white supremacist cult, and he'd like killed people. And 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 has ever since then has been working to take people out of white supremacy cults, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know that's probably not the right terminology. And she says, uh, you know, she spent time with this guy, I forget his name, and she said, you know, the reason why he was in the cult in the first place because he needed to find love because this is the only place that would accept him. But once somebody else took a chance on him and said, no, no, you don't need to live like this. And that gave him a whole new worldview. And he's really put his life to good use. So anyway, she says, I just think about anybody who's being an asshole. It's like, are you somebody who just needs somebody to give them a little time and care and affection? And can that turn? So that, and she's like, of course, sometimes when people are being like racist assholes, you need, you just simply need to call them out. But I try to be like a sort of forgiving and patient uh, and show mercy as, as often as I can. And anyway, there's, there's a lot of that sort of spirit in the interview. And it's just so interesting. So it's just one small part of the interview. She says, you know, it's kind of a bummer the way like call out culture works because like, you know, do you want to explain the, this blackface? Yeah. So, so, so the thing that made headlines out of this interview was that Sarah Silverman shared a story and I believe she was talking about cancel culture and sort of like um, the, this uh, righteousness porn and sort of like virtue signaling. And she said that she was, she had a role in an animated film and one of the producers of the film or the financiers, they saw a, a screen grab or a skit that she did on her old show, The Sarah Silverman Show, where she's in blackface. Mm-hmm. I'm not totally sure what the conceit of the sketch was, but this image exists with her in blackface, and they were like, this is enough. She gets let go from the movie. They recast the part. She gets replaced. And so she was really bummed, but she didn't defend the photo. She didn't defend well, the ba- sketch. Well, there's, there's two parts of it. So the, two shows ago, she does this bit where she dresses in blackface, and I think it's makes some comparison between Jews and blacks. Uh, and then in his filming in South Central, but it's like it's a it's a satirical skit to be. What year with. would this have come out? Man, two thousand seven or something like that. Okay. So probably ten years ago. In her more recent show, she did a whole episode on that skit, saying showing, demonstrating the problems with it. So it's not like she was unaware of maybe a comedic skit that she did ten years ago. She's already addressed this very issue a year ago on a television show. Not like, and and she was the one who chose to bring it up. It wasn't yeah. like somebody like called her out and then she had to make an episode about it. And then anyway, she was she was about, she said she was about to do a small role for a movie she was really excited about. And then 11 p.m. the night before, they say, "Hey, we we found this photo of you. You're fired." And yeah. she was like, "That's just such a bummer because like I've already addressed this, and if you, if anybody took any time to recognize like the context of what this is, you wouldn't fire me." But because everybody, the the problem is the skit wasn't popular when she addressed it. <laughs> sure. It wasn't popular. Yeah. Like, Robert Downey Jr. was nominated for an Oscar in blackface. Yeah. Really? Back to Tropic yeah. Thunder. Yeah, Tropic Thunder. Oh, yeah. So it's like, uh, it's the secrecy which gets you in trouble, I find. But she wasn't even trying to be secret about that. No, but it, that's what got her in trouble is that it wasn't popular. It wasn't popular. Fa- famous uh, enough. Eddie Murphy's Raw. Mm-hmm. I, I always talk to Mike about this. If that had been secretly recorded and he was testing that material in a small club but never came to prominence and it was never released as like a major special. Mm. And let's just say it was released now instead of in 1984. He would be uh, canceled. Mm. Because he's saying the you know uh, derogatory term for yeah, gay men yeah. uh, uh, quite a lot in that and getting lots of laughs. But since it was so popular and everyone laughed at it, no one would ever want to cancel him now because everyone has seen that and laughed at him. And then you got to kind of look in the mirror at yeah, yourself, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But since it's just a screen grab of Sarah Silverman mm-hmm. in blackface and nobody knows the context or anything and everyone's worried about it getting released, they can just cancel her. Yeah. 
Yeah, the bummer thing about it, especially, is at the top of the interview, she's like, um, Simmons is like, oh, well, we've never done a podcast before, even though we've known each other forever. You know, I worked for Kimmel. She dated Kimmel. They've known each other for like Kimmel 20, also 20 went years. blackface. Oh, did he? Yeah, he played Carl Malone. In oh, a, wow, in a crazy. Skit. Do you have yeah. a database or something? No, I just All remember right. he got in very mild trouble uh, not too long ago about this. Okay. Um, you know, Sir Silverman also, she hoops. So she was part of Gary Shandling's. She, inter- he, she inter- talks group. about that on, that, on the pod, yeah. on this episode. But she said at the beginning of the interview, she's like, you know, like, I, you know, I, I'll do pods with anybody, but like, I just always find myself getting into trouble for things I say. And it's always just a bummer and I hate it. So anyway, whatever. And she kind of says it off the top. And then sure enough, she something she says at the 57 minute mark or whatever ends up being like retweeted by like Ben Shapiro and every conservative person who she probably doesn't quite get along with saying oh, like, this is the problem with, uh, you know, the, the social justice left. It's gotten out of control. Sarah Silverman got fired from a set for a blackface photo. This is ridiculous. And she's like, she's probably thinking, oh, I'm never going to do a fucking podcast yeah, again. You, again. Th- <laughs> you think podcasts are like the one medium that like people don't get taken out of context, but I guess the pull quotes were don't strong enough in this case. What yeah. They want. yeah, I feel like um, it's kind of interesting because it does remind me a little bit of, I was having a conversation on the weekend a bit about this, but it's like if you're the people that are financing the film, this animated film that she's in, you also understand their thinking because at the end of the day, the goal of their film is something, they need to make money on it, right? They need an ROI, return on investment, and they need to market that vid- that f- film. If it's a family film or a, an animated film, was it like a kid's movie? She was I don't doing even know. She, no, she didn't even say the movie. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I just like... It's is, like it, is it a family film? I, I thought I read in the thing that it was an okay. animated thing, but I, I could have that wrong. Okay. But I, the point I was going to make, though, is if like you are the financier, you go... All that needs to happen is the week this is coming out, someone needs to post her in blackface and some right-wing blog can make a big thing about it and they can sink our like $6 million mm-hmm. film investment if that's even what the budget is. Of course, is. very I, smart move on their part. It's like they almost have to because it's like you just can't have someone trying to sink your shit when it costs that much money to make a movie. Yeah. And it sucks and it's not fair and there's no nuance to it and I totally understand it. But I think that's maybe why she also is like, I get it. Like, I get it. Like, it just takes one person to post that one photo the week that our movie's opening and all of a sudden nobody's talking about the movie. They're talking about me and then there'll be a boycott and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's one of the, uh, truly one of the most like depressing parts about like where our culture has gotten to is that it's like, this is really like the games we we're playing with each other between like the left and right that it's like. Sarah Silverman, who by all accounts is like one of the most like decent celebrities out there, like it gets fired from a movie and then goes on a podcast and sort of like quickly reflects on it. And now it's become a talking point. But do you think this is part of the necessary evil for like the greater good of uh, societal change? It's a good question. I don't know. Yeah. As, as uh, my bandmate Nick Dyke says, in, in the revolution, there's always going to be some casualties. Yeah. Um, and I get that too, but <laughs> it's just annoying when Sarah Silverman is a casualty because she... Only means because well. you like her, yeah. Because I like her. Yeah. Um, actually, did, did you guys see that? Uh, on a similar note, um, Casey Affleck was on Dak Shepard. I'm sure you listened to that episode. Yeah, I thought it was brutal, and I heard you liked it, and I was very shocked. Really? I couldn't believe it. You didn't? I I, I don't know if I'm I surprised liked you bring it. bring it up. I, I thought it was really interesting because Casey Affleck. Yeah. Famously, do you want to describe Casey Affleck's last few years? Yeah, well, I mean, Casey Affleck, he, he did an interview with Marin a few years ago. And basically, Casey Affleck, like many years ago, was shooting this film called uh, I'm Not There, I think, starring Joaquin Phoenix. It was kind of this mockumentary fake doc thing where Joaquin Phoenix, they, you know, he went on Letterman and he acted sort of crazy, would do red carpets. Casey Affleck was directing this thing. And I guess during the filming of this of this thing, and this isn't to defend the behavior or whatever, it's a very loose set, lots of alcohol, and Casey really sort of... 
allegedly abused his power uh, as the director and the guy running the film. There, he was basically he he touched women inappropriately, crawled into some beds and nights of shooting with producers. Uh, he called them names. Um, these women filed complaints, things like that. This is many many years ago. That's probably over a decade ago. So then it kind of happens. It kind of goes away. Casey keeps working. Uh, Manchester by the Sea happens. He gets his sort of moment in the sun. Everyone's like, oh, he's finally being recognized for the amazing actor he is. These women and friends of those women, you know, around Hollywood are like, fuck that guy, actually. He's actually a tyrant and he was a real piece of shit to us back when we were shooting that Joaquin Phoenix film, et cetera, et cetera. Um, he went on Marin and he addressed, he said, listen, like, I've been a recovering alcoholic now for half decade or whatever it is. Um, I was drinking a lot then. And he was very sort of forthcoming about how he was inappropriate and how he doesn't drink anymore, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He wins the Oscar. Brie Larson sort of famously freezes him out. She gives him the Oscar because she's the one presenting it. She won the year before for Room. Um, but she doesn't applaud for him. She kind of, and everyone's like, oh, what? so then this buzz starts to grow. Me Too kind of happens, or I guess it had just happened before then. Mm-hmm. And basically everyone's like, fuck Casey Affleck. Like there's a million actors that need jobs. This guy has a bad history. That's kind of the setup, I would yeah. say. This leads to the Dax interview, which I have not heard. But Dax is like, what, his neighbor? They're pals. Yeah, and, he, and Dax loves Casey oh, Affleck. Kissing, and, and kissing his ass the entire time. He prefaces the interview and likens himself. Uh, like, he starts it by saying he considers himself to be like a bit like Howard Stern. So I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be an amazing interview. Uh-huh. I was so excited to see that he was talking to Casey because I thought he was actually going to get, uh, get some real answers yeah. and, like, hammer it home a little bit. They kind of dance around it the whole time, just oh talk, talking in platitudes about uh, Me Too and, like, n- without ever really specifically addressing it did, until the very didn't end. Didn't you find it awkward uh, how they just uh, had the total non sequitur into talking about it but not really talking yeah. about it on the – like, how much was edited out of that? Like, that was so weird. Yeah. And it, to make matters even more strange, um, Monica, who's a co-host with Dax, loves... Ben Affleck is, like, the biggest crush of her life, and she loves Casey Affleck. And she said that she's watched Goodwill Hunting, like, a thousand times. And then at one point, at the end of the interview, when they really get into it, she, she, she says, well, here's the thing, though. Women lie. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, God. It was weird. Oh, yeah. And, and then he comes back with the perfect answer about how it doesn't matter it, uh, what the truth is. Yeah. It's about kind of like in, in between. And he yeah, has this, your, me- your he has this analogy uh, for when his kids have, have problems. And everything he said was very perfectly worded. And it was like a PR masterclass. But it was also such bullshit. Yeah. Well, the thing which is interesting is that his, uh, he was doing that pod because the movie that he directed is coming out. But apparently that movie has been ready for a couple of years. But they just... Uh, canned it for a while while and so now i guess they're like doing a kind of a soft release just to get it out there but um where am i going with this the yeah just thinking about like i always think about this idea is like when be because no one's getting sentenced to jail because you when someone serves the time for the crime you can begin to be rehabilitated in the in the mind of the public but if there's if that doesn't happen there's sort of this general gray area Right. I'm just like, what's so weird about this whole sort of like dynamic is like, yes, in a in a normal sense, if you commit a crime, you go to jail, you come out of jail, you can then be reentered into society, meaning you can go get a job, whatever, working on on an assembly line or in a restaurant or whatever you get reintroduced into society. What we're talking about is like entertainment and, and an infrastructure whereby people are 
the public is making choices on whether or not they want to buy your product, which would be, say, you in a movie. Mm-hmm. So if, when somebody does something problematic, the only way to know if they if, if like they're accepted again is to invest millions of dollars in a movie, mm-hmm. release it, and see if people will go see that person. Yeah. Who on earth is going to invest that kind of money in Casey Affleck? It's like... It's like he needs an infrastructure in order to work the way he wants to work or he needs financing to make a film. I just don't know anybody that will buy into that brand once it's been tarnished that way. And so to your question is like, well, what punishment is enough punishment? Well, I mean, I guess in a supply and demand world, it's whatever the public says it is. Sure. Like, yeah, he could go get a job like a normal job if he wants. Uh But it's like as far as a a creative artistic pursuit endeavor where you need people to spend their money in order to finance what you're doing, I just don't know how those guys come back. Well, it's just interesting though because it's various degrees. Like obviously Aziz Ansari... It was it was brought back into the bubble and he signed a big deal with Netflix. But what's but what's his what's his skill? He literally writes his own material and grabs a microphone and goes into theaters. Oh, okay. People can, they can democratically choose to pay to see him. So if enough people are like, yeah, we're cool with disease, that means he can go into every city and and if if asses get put in seats and they show up, he's back. Uh huh. That's not what Casey Affleck's business is. Casey mm. Affleck needs this whole infrastructure in order to be in a movie. Oh, it's yeah. just a hard business to come back in because it's like who's going to invest? Oh, that's actually kind of interesting. So the people that like the, like the stand-up comedians have maybe a better shot, absolutely, because they have their own audience. But yeah, they're self they're self starters. They mm. write their own stuff, and there's no money involved in touring. Smaller investment. Like what the movie. fuck? You just get in a van and go into Ohio, and yeah. say, like, I'm going to play Columbus, Ohio tonight. And will people show up? I bet you, if Louis C.K. does that. A lot of people are going to show up. Yeah. So then Louis can make a living. Now, will Netflix get into business with them or FX or something like that? Those companies have a choice to make. And I bet you if they think enough people will watch, they would get into business with them. Yeah. It's, it's just a money game, really. Mm-hmm. But it's all kind of wrapped in this outrage culture and like sort of trying to be morally responsible, which I, I do think is a good thing. And I do think there's certain people out there that do care. But I just, I just don't know what... I, I, it's hard with movies, man. I just don't know what... Like, like, are you mourning the fact that Casey Affleck won't get to ply his art going forward? No, I, no, mm. I don't give a shit. I'm, I'm just yeah. I was just talking about the interview. Like, I, I don't. I was like, just kind of curious to know. The, oh, I wonder when, if based on like what what he did, if he'll ever come back. Not that, again. I don't give a shit. But just like, I, I for me, I just always just like like structure mm-hmm. and there's a general lack of. What that. are the rules? Yeah, there's just no yeah. rules. When it comes to it, I, I just like to know what the rules he are. He thought he yeah. was being very smart, I think, in this interview by saying all the seemingly perfect things that everybody knows anyway. Mm-hmm. But if he was actually cut the bullshit and kind of say things imperfectly and admit fault, it would have done him way... Uh, he would have been way better served to do that. Because if you... I'm not sure if you've checked out the comment section. Oh, yeah. Every single person saw through the bullshit. There wasn't... Out of thousands of comments on Dax's Instagram, not one person said he did a good job of defending himself. Oh wow! So you, so it felt too much like a PR exercise. Oh my god! It yeah. felt like he was wearing a Bluetooth headset and he was being fed lines, perfect lines uh-huh. delivering them so eloquently, so he's articulate. He's got a great voice. He he's amazing at it, and it, it was it was a real like marvel to listen at. Like I was jealous of uh, how articulate he is. Yeah. But I was also like, this comes across so inauthentic, uh-huh. so rehearsed, and he was almost like an, uh, taking an outsider's perspective of the issue. He yeah. totally removed himself from it. Yeah, yeah, he really, he truly did. Like, he, mm-hmm. as if he was some some sort of like academic talking about the nature of. And he, he was acting like he was like so pious or like better than them even. Like yeah, yeah. teaching them like here's how women's rights is uh, my uh, Monica. <laughs> <laughs> do you yeah. do you think he probably saw all the questions and everything beforehand? No, okay, I just everything? think he's gone through every question in his mm. head for the last two and a half years. Yeah. And him and Dax are neighbors. They probably had well, this, a why. version of this conversation a bunch of times sitting right, around yeah. a pool. 
Yeah. Well, they kind of act like, and it did seem like a bit of an act too. Like they were strangers who just uh, happened to live close. They they, right, they, right. they talk about how they've only seen each other like seven times, and like they're very awkward around each other. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Interesting. But it felt heavily edited. Felt like bullshit. It felt contrived. So it wasn't the Howard Stern interview that you wanted. Not at all. Mm-hmm. And like Dax came off like such an ass kissing loser. <laughs> yeah, which was, is very antithetical to how he presents himself. Well, he was just like. So we, we booked you for the show. We we're really excited. You know, Monica's a huge fan. <laughs> and then the, I heard a couple of things about this, like, this thing that happened on a set. I had no idea. So I had to read up a little bit about it. Like, oh just my like, God. I had no idea. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> so what did you like about it? Um, I think I just liked the sound of Casey Affleck's voice. Okay. And, uh, and he has it because he hasn't done an interview in a very long time. And I find him to be like a very interesting, uh, interesting likable guy. It, I think the thing I liked most about it is that I really enjoy when actors really downplay their own skill. And he's just like, look, any of the movies that you like me in, 50 other actors could have been in my role and it would have been just as good. He's like, it's the director and the writers. Oh, he quadrupled down on that false modesty bullshit. Yeah, but I like yeah. it. I oh, my it. God. I just believe it to be just modest. It was pathetic. Like, <laughs> he was begging the audience to just forgive him and love him and just show how much of a great guy he is. And then maybe I, maybe I was just a sucker for all of that. Well, I thought like I knew you were going to love the interview, but I thought you would like it just uh, on the basis of you get interviewed quite a bit. Mm. Sometimes you get off asked the tough question probably out of, out of nowhere. And you're like, how would I answer that? And he answered every question seemingly perfectly. Mm-hmm. So I thought you'd respect it on that yeah, level. Yeah, 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 yeah I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then I heard like other people like the interview and it kind of blew my mind. Like I was talking to like I won't say the names, but yeah. Mm. Yeah, I was telling Shaney that we were because we all had drinks on Friday, and that was it. That ended up coming up, and that's so, right. like classic like champagne boys over pints, you know, dissecting all of this shit and yeah. all that stuff. And yeah, the consensus I, I hadn't heard. I, I can't really have an opinion. The last time I heard him was on Marin, which what was that like three years ago? Yeah, years and ago? Uh, at the Marin time, he was much more authentic right. in that, and then you could tell he's been burned far more severely since that uh, interview in 2017. So. Mm-hmm. His, his tone and his, the, the way he speaks is way different now. Yeah. It's a crazy time. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we want to wrap this podcast? So Sarah guys? Silverman, good. Casey Affleck, bad. Is that mm-hmm. what we're doing? I think so. Oh, I thought we were doing a Shane Surprise, but fuck. No, oh, yeah, my God. Really That's our favorite part no, of Shane, Shane Surprise. surprise. Yeah. I always forget about the Shane Surprise. I got I to gotta pull my list out. I'm sorry, Shane. Surprise us. No. and, and uh, like, <laughs> I Shane's like, no. I'm leaving. You don't deserve <laughs> it now. Yeah. I want to say that uh, this surprise is not good. Okay. Your mm-hmm. topics were much better. Okay. Mm. My topics are probably the worst part of the show. I'm kidding. I'm doing Casey Affleck. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but it, it, I, I'm, I am actually serious. And this is a very like obvious Shane topic. But I think we can maybe go somewhere interesting with it. Mm. And I, Erica kind of reminded me of this uh, yesterday. Okay. So... There's a story that just came out of a suspect. Uh, they were, the police were on the hunt for uh, a suspect, and he was hiding for quite a bit. And he let out a fart. <laughs> and it led the police to sniff out his hiding place. <laughs> That's like an onion headline. No, it's, it's, a, it's a real story. Uh, and then the police tweeted it out, and they just did all this uh, these fart puns. I'm just trying to find out what they said. Hold on, the, the police Twitter account? Yeah, like police, when they have kind of a frivolous story, like if if it's a murder thing and they catch a guy and he, from farting, they wouldn't be funny with yeah. the, the tweet. But if it's like drug possession, they'll tend to do a funny tweet because they want to go uh, viral. But I'm just going <laughs> to... 
So there was one one of the uh, sheriffs tweeted, if you've got a felony warrant for your arrest, the cops are looking for you, and you pass gas so loud it gives up your hiding spot, you're definitely having a shit day. <laughs> <laughs> then the other one that they were proud of, fuck, where is it? Oh, uh, and then the, the Liberty, Missouri police did a tweet. Uh, Thanks, Sheriff Clay, for airing out a wanted person's <laughs> dirty laundry and fanning the flames. There you go. The Liberty Police Department was surprised to see the incident slip out, which stinks for the arrestee. <laughs> Fortunately, no one was injured during this arrest. Hashtag nervous belly. Hashtag no comment. But so then I was like, because uh, yesterday er- Erica was talking, like everyone was talking about how often they shit in a day. Mike had said sh- he shit three times erica was saying she uh shit once and uh <laughs> so I, and then i looked You're really up, airing our dirty laundry <laughs> <laughs> but then i looked up how many times uh people fart during the day it's 10 to 20 times 10 wow. to 20 times yeah so i was wondering how if, if that's true <laughs> yeah how often uh like or where do you guys fart when you have to fart well, I guess it depends where you're at. Like around the house, wherever. I know, but I'm saying we're in an office all yeah. day. So when you have to fart, like where do you go? Like, do, and do you fart in your relationship? Like, do you have like an open farting policy? Is it funny to fart? Is it disgusting? Is a burp worse than a fart? Just thought no. I'd get into this very Shane topic. Yeah. Uh, well, in, in our family, uh, in my relationship, I find farting hilarious. My does wife, Danica fart? My that? wife does not find it funny <laughs> uh, at all. And I can't you, picture Danica, uh, one, liking a fart, and two, farting herself. She doesn't find liking them funny. She does not find them funny after all these years, but I'm, I'm not giving up anytime soon. And uh, listen, man, you got to be comfortable enough to, uh, around each other to, to, to let one uh, squeak out every mm-hmm. once in a while. But how often did you wait to, till you farted in front of Danica? Probably like two years in or something. Or really? a year, A year in. Right. Well, out of courtesy. You know, I didn't want to scare her away. Uh, Erica? <laughs> um, what's the question? How, what? <laughs> How I feel about farting? Like, uh, one, uh, like if you, you're in a new relationship, can we say that? Yep. Okay. Uh, have you farted in front of him yet? Uh, mm, I don't think I have, no. Not, not um, noticeably. So they have either all been silent and or unsmelling when you are dro- when you are doing a silencer and i have this weird skill yeah i can tell if it's gonna stink 100 percent, me too yeah isn't that weird and i can you tell if know? it's gonna make a sound See, I, I don't know and i wish i had that i talent. have like 99 percent accuracy with it like <laughs> i can fart in an elevator surrounded by people and be totally confident that no wow. one's going to smell anything in fact wow. i did it before i came here today wow in the elevator yes in wow. e1 uh, no, I did it in, uh, mind you, I did it with no one in the elevator, oh. but sure enough, someone, someone stopped at the floor and it was, um, Rob Farina oh. comes in and then uh, we we're chatting and he's like, I'm going to the f- fifth floor with the big boys. And I was like, Haha, are you nervous? And he's like, nope, but we had this full conversation while you're and farting the whole time. No, no. I just farted <laughs> once before he got in, but, you but it was orderless. You couldn't smell anything. It was wow. Maxie, do you toot in front of Lauren? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but usually the mornings is when I'm the worst. But I find they're loud. And the band guys can attest to this. But not smelling. Mm-hmm. They just, it's just like a lot of like air release. See, those are funny. Yeah, those I ones I laugh. Well, Lauren doesn't fart. And then, but when I do it, she just kind of look over at me and just to shake her head. Just like, oh, really, buddy? Kind of thing. Lauren's never farted in front of you. No. Wow. Um, and she doesn't find it funny when you do it. She, you know, she kind of laughs, but just like, I can't believe it kind of thing. Yeah. But um, <laughs> do you, you guys remember that? What's the movie? Um, uh, fucking uh, the dude from Family Guy, Seth, Seth MacFarlane. What's it? What's How the, I Won the West? No, Ted. 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 Mike loves this scene. Yeah, oh. we're basically the end of the date. 
Yeah. And, and the and the woman Joel leaves. Joel McHale. Yeah. So basically he's on the date the whole time and then the minute she like or does it go bad? Either way, he's been holding his fart for the whole date. Yeah. And then finally he just lets it go. <laughs> the second she leaves the car. That's I feel like that's such yeah. a great insight. Because we've all I've never there. related to a scene more in my life <laughs> than that scene where I was like, that one made me die laughing for sure. I love that. I think I texted Shane after I saw that like years ago. Yeah. Do you do you fart in front of Alex? I just started getting really comfortable with it. Just started. You, well, it started, uh, it all started when I would have like a, a drunken night and then it, yeah. I'm kind of confused in my haze and I'm just letting these weird <laughs> drunken farts out. And then I look over and I see that Alex is there and I'm like, ah, and then the whole room is just horrible at that moment. So because I've already broken the seal, now I'm comfortable to, to do that fart. You're already living in the stink. Right. She, if the question is, does she fart in front of me? She's very embarrassed to fart and shit. It's like a big secret that she shits. She doesn't really do it. But she do, she is a snorter when she laughs. And uh, so sometimes I try to uh, make her laugh and then she'll snort. And sometimes she'll let out a weird fart. And we, she'll, her face will turn red and I'll just ignore the fact that she farted. Or I'll bring it up like 10 minutes later. Do you guys, do you guys feel um, an upset stomach when you're nervous or anxious? No. Uh, I do. Yeah, it's bad. I, yeah, I, uh, I, I do. But my my main thing is when I'm nervous, I just I get stress sweat, and which smells differently. Mm. Like I don't get sweat from uh, like if I play basketball for two hours, I don't stink. Like right now, for some reason. Uh, maybe it's because Tessa Virtue was in here. Yeah. Like I have stress sweat very bad. <laughs> oh wow! So I'm finding I'm stinking very bad right now. Speaking of great scenes uh, in film. Uh, the latest episode of The Bachelor in Paradise. There's this oh great scene with John Paul Jones with him vomiting on the beach. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was oh, great. my God. Oh. What? He got too drunk? Well, I can't tell. He, he he was definitely drunk, but then he ate really hot food. And he's like, <laughs> ugh, ugh. And he goes and he throws up. And the girl who like put the hot sauce on, she's like, I'm so sorry. He's like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm doing great. I'm, <laughs> and, then, and then he literally repeats that like 15 times oh in a row. My. He's, like, I'm he's the best character. Oh, ever. my God. He's incredible. Yeah. Did you see? Uh, how I haven't seen last night. No, no. But did you see Blake? Oh, like all, all the shit going on with him. Oh did yeah. You, did you see what he did on social media? Yeah, the, he the released Kaylin a screenshot. What's that? He released the screenshots. Yes, of mm. a text conversation. Oh, it's and so then good. I he knew kept, he, he kept the receipts. As he did. And then mm. I knew he was going to delete it off his social media once the backlash happened. So I screenshotted the screenshots. Mm. <laughs> so I I have those if you want to see them. Send them to TMZ. <laughs> yeah. But, but the girl was begging for sex from him and, she, and he's like i don't know I, I you know what happens when this happens she goes i'm going we're going to have sex he's like ah oh, no that's what they all say she goes that's all i want is just sex wow that girl who was Kaylin. saying that uh he used her yeah, yeah. so it was very incriminating mm -hmm. but uh, i'm sure there was more to the story and he handpicked just the text that made him look like an angel yeah. but last night episode uh, blake's not looking too good oh shit okay i'm very excited about yeah what you guys got to do like a little side bachelor, uh, yeah, like a little, little 10 minute thing or something. Yeah. We were supposed to, but it was on the day that the chip fucked up. Yeah. And even then, though, we'd gone so long and it was so great. It was uh -huh. like, let's just go to this uh, this concert. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. But then the chip, yeah. It yeah. is what it is. Yeah. Anyways, for all the listeners, apologies for my topic that I uh, <laughs> released. That's a great topic. This I think people should be more comfortable to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're, especially we're, women. I find it so taboo. It's like it's very funny if a man's letting them rip, but if a woman does it, it's like this great shame, right? Yeah, it's like same with disgusting. shitting. <laughs> no, no, but that's like um, you can tell a lot about your health from your poop. Mm -hmm. Do you look at your shit every time after you do it? 
Yeah. Yeah, I think everyone does. Well, no, there's. How they do they you say not? there's two types of people. Like when you blow your nose or you go to the, you go number two, you're either a looker or you just throw it out or flush it. Oh, I'm a looker. There's no one who's not looking. In fact, there. <laughs> no, there is a. Like t- when you blow your nose, you look at the snot, right? Snot, maybe yes, maybe no, probably yes. But with shit, there's actually a a psychological questionnaire where they ask you, do you look at your uh, excrement after you uh, take a shit? I don't know why they say excrement and then shit. And then shit shit in the questionnaire. (laughs) (laughs) Very scientific paper. But if you say no, they they look at you as being insane. Mm. Really? Yeah, look it up. Interesting. I mean, I definitely... The one thing I always look at is my poo, but I will. That's look what I'm saying. Up. Yeah, you look at your shit, right, Max? Uh, oh yeah, right. <laughs> there you have it. There you go. <laughs> the, the aggregate headline tomorrow is Max from Markel looks at his shit. <laughs> Do you guys ever get a, like a sense of pride? Oh, mm-hmm. big time. Yeah. Well, I've if what I think, it, from just, your poo? Just be like, I can't believe that was all. Okay, that's like that's a guy thing for sure. Okay, the guys in my high school used to take pictures oh, and and nice. like show each other. No. That's pretty fucked up. That's yeah. weird. I don't like that yeah. type of bro shit culture. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. Poopics. They were hockey boys. But I do remember um, you did a podcast. You interviewed uh, Stephen from Bare Naked Ladies. What's I his did. last name? Was that Page? Stephen Page, and he was talking about how it feels so great when you take the cleanest shit and you barely need ever like any toilet paper. Mm. I get that sense of pride. Yeah. Like I get very like oh, that was so clean. I must be eating so healthy to get that perfect shit. Where I could I don't I could just put my underwear on and leave without wiping. <laughs> <laughs> now now everyone's looking at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> One step too far. Max was not down with that idea at all. No, that was great. Okay, cut it. <laughs> <laughs>